Good morning. It's great to be with you. It really is. And uh, I just want to carry on with our great worship. This is church. This is how it is at the moment. Uh, but what is wonderful is that wherever you are, whether you're on the phone or you're sitting in the lounge, the Lord is with you. And the Word of God tells us, doesn't it? It won't return void. Uh, and so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that your blessing upon this word. Would you just be glorified in this? And Father, for every person listening, whether it's live or whether it's in the future, that Lord, you would take this message where you are glorified and minister, minister to every person that is listening, that we will be encouraged and draw closer to you and even deepen our faith. So Father, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't it interesting when we pray? We're not seeing the person we're talking to. That's the, that's the unseen, isn't it? There's some things we don't even think about and we're doing and yet we don't see. You don't see the person you're talking to. In fact, as I do this now, I, I, I'm not seeing you. It's a little bit different, isn't it, church? I'm up there at the front, maybe on the pulpit, and then I can see you uh, fall asleep. No, no, you're not falling asleep. I'm joking. Nodding, agreeing, and, and, and I pray, getting something from it. And then often the preacher will respond because of what they're seeing, uh, uh, the manifestation of what God is doing through the word, and that people are, again, built up through hearing the word of God. So by doing this, it's great technology. It's wonderful how we can do this. It's very important in today's world, but it's the unseen. Is anyone listening? Is anyone watching? That's what I want to talk about this morning. The seen and the unseen. Nice and, well, simple. In this, I want to draw out the greatest element that's been given to us as the church or to us as individuals, as believers, and that is faith. You see, faith will open up your eyes to see what is of greater value, the unseen than just seeing what is around us. The seen and the unseen. I mean, for the seen, we, we, we tend to use those five senses, don't we? And, and they are God-given, and the Bible uh, addresses all five of them. In fact, let me, let me share this with you, because my question this morning is, you know, how is your world? What do you see? But are you just seeing the visible? Or why are you sensing what also is going on in your world in the, the invisible, the unseen? You see, in the visible, we got COVID. The visible, you could, well, put on the news, there's, there's fear, there's unrest. What about the economy? The visible could be looking at your bank balance or getting a, a call from or a letter from the doctor. That these things are the very real they are the visible, they are the seen. But you know, you and I, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're an eternal being. And so there's many things that go on that are very, very real, but they are the unseen. And I just want to draw out that even in this, this source that we're doing, using this tool to share with you, to speak with you, I want to encourage you you are part of something much bigger than just yourself. You are part of something incredible. God is on the throne. 
He's still on the throne in 2020. He's not scratching his head thinking, what is happening on planet Earth? <gasps> Where did coronavirus come from? I mean, that's a nice debate, isn't it? Where did it come from? But actually, the Lord knows he's in control. He's in control. And not just of this big old world, but in your world. I think it's really important that as we go from day to day in our world, that we are reminded of the unseen as well as the seen. Okay, but what about the seen, the, the five senses? Let me, let me share this with you because the Bible actually addresses all five. We've got taste, haven't we? We've got sight, uh, there's touch, smell, and there's, as you can hopefully hear me, sound. Taste. Psalm 34 and verse 8, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Isaiah 6 and verse 1, uh, the prophet Isaiah, he says, I see the Lord. What a vision, by the way. I see the Lord high and lifted up. Jesus, he had a, a conversation shortly after the resurrection with, in particular, one of his disciples, Thomas. And when it comes to the, the senses of touch, Jesus said to Thomas, he said, put your finger here and observe my hands. Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Do not be, be, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. That is in John chapter 20 and verse 27. Then we have smell. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 15. Let me share this with you. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Then we have sound. Sound. Behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east and his voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory. Isn't that lovely vision there of Ezekiel uh, chapter 43 and verse 2. These are the visible. These are the, the elements there are, that we use from day to day when we make, often we can make decisions, choices, uh, how we react to things. We often use those five senses. And, and the Bible brings those out in, in line with uh, Scripture. But the unseen, the unseen is very real and very powerful. I want to encourage you and remind you uh, the door to open, this is what I want to draw out, the door to open the unseen for you and I is faith. This is an incredible element that God has given us. It is faith. So let me share Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 there, uh, verse from verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Wonderful scripture. In fact, Hebrews 11 is an incredible scripture. Um, the New Living Translation. Let me share this from Hebrews 11 and verse 1. The, the NLT. It, it, it says this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So my, my focus this morning is the seen and the unseen. Uh, and often, as I, as I have mentioned, often our primary 
primary focus, the primary focus is what we see. The physical, the visible. Uh, I remember, listen, when I was younger, uh, I was a teenager. I don't didn't come from a Christian family, but I went to a Bible camp, a youth group, and then invited as a youth group to a Bible camp in this uh, one of the summers. I, I went to this Bible camp. In fact, I, I actually, one of these weeks, became a Christian uh, at the Bible camp, which is a story in itself. But uh, that was in, in the afternoon. But in the evening, in public, I was in a marquee. There was 120 teenagers uh, in the marquee. And this preacher it was, was uh, sharing. He was speaking. And at the end, he gave what we know is a, an altar call. And what he shared was, there he was, he was under a marquee, who, you know, had these chairs or benches, it was on, in, on the grass in this field in Hampshire, near, near Winchester. So that was the visible. And he made this altar call, and he actually shared, and he said, listen, he said, if you can picture, this is the cross, the cross of Christ is up front, up the front of the marquee. Who is willing, who's ready to commit their lives to Jesus, to come and kneel at the foot of the cross. Now, I actually got up. I, I was the first forward. I remember, I think there was probably 18 or 19 other teenagers that, that also went forward. And in the visible, I went forward. I went to this wooden bench and I knelt down at this bench on the grass in this Hampshire field. That was the visible. The invisible was that I was kneeling at the foot of the cross. I was given over my will, my choices, my sin, and laying it down at the foot of the cross while the blood of Jesus was being poured on me, cleansing me. At that moment in the unseen, another name was being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There were many things that were taking place in the unseen uh, in my in faith, a small bit of faith that I had as at that age, I just knew. Listen, I don't want to live my life without God. I didn't know very much. Maybe I probably still don't, but I knew enough to know that. Do you know what? There's got to be more to life than just living and dying. There's got to be more to life than just existing. If there is a God, and if He loves me, now I want to belong to Him, and I did just that. I didn't have a lot of knowledge, but I was conscious of God. I had not seen him, but I knew he was there. So there was this, these elements of the, 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 the visible and the invisible, both just as real. And, and I was just kind of tapping into both, you know, and, and I want us to, we can get so caught up in just the visible. And it's really important to be reminded of, what you're a part of has an eternal value. And, and so we must be aware of the unseen, of the invisible. Because at that moment then, angels were rejoicing. Angels were now, and they are with me. They're with you right now. You've got angels around you. Many of them are bored. Can I say that? Because off, they, they act on the, the prayers of the saints. So let's start praying into things. Let's start speaking into things. I do want to tap into this because it's really important. Actually, two elements um, just to share is 
the value of faith and our words. They kind of combine, don't they? But let me share that with you because a couple of other well-known speakers and preachers of the past, Smith Wigglesworth, he once said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. Feels like a song breaking out. Um, He says, I am moved only by what I believe. That's Smith Wigglesworth. Charles Spurgeon. He says, faith, I love this, faith obliterates time. It annihilates, um, he says, obliterates time, it annihilates distance and brings future things at once into its possession. Let me share one more from Charles, then Charles Wesley said, faith, mighty faith. The promise sees the unseen, which is what we're talking about this morning, and looks to God alone, laughs at impossibilities. And cries, it shall be done. Charles Wesley. The preaching of the word, can I say, is vital. Romans 10 verse 17. It's a key verse. Memorize it. It's easy. Faith comes by. That's right. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by. I can hear it now. The word of God. That's it. So it's not here to trick us. We don't need a degree together. Faith comes by reading God's word. It will build up the inner man. It will stir up your spirit. So it's time to get into the meat of the word, not just stay on the milk of the word. Faith, the Oxford Dictionary for faith. It simply means uh, a complete confidence. Okay, that's good. The the Greek word for faith is pistis, pistis. And and I love the meaning from that. It means a, a divine trust or deep persuasion, a divine trust or deep persuasion. I think that goes deeper than just a uh, human confidence. It can be easy, can I just share with you, to to preach faith or talk about faith during times of victory, times of success, times of uh, mountaintop experiences. It's, It's not always easy to speak about or talk about or even stir up faith when things are difficult. Uh, I, I was doing some filming, would you believe? I was. Uh, uh, it, it was regarding a Bible study, Bible study series that was taking place with this missions organization. And um, I was standing in Rome outside of the prison cell that the Apostle Paul was in. And one thing I noticed, because it wasn't, you know, like a, a house, it was actually underground. Um, and, but there was a window just above the surface. And it was a small window where you could tell the cell would have only got about a couple of hours a day of sunlight. So just for an hour or two, the Apostle Paul was writing his letters, which form part of the the New Testament that you and I read and, and draw from as God has used as, as, he, as his inspired word. But Paul would have only had a couple of hours of daylight. And yet there he was encouraging the Timothys, the James, that he was encouraging and, and telling people to stir up the faith. That's not a mountaintop experience. That's not where he's dwelling on the visible. He was in touch with the unseen. He was aware of if the veil was taken away, what he was a part of. And Paul drew that out with precious words. 
in his letters in the New Testament. It doesn't stay with Paul in, in, in the cell, in the prison. What about Joseph? The visible was neglect. The visible was loneliness. The visible, the scene was isolation. The scene was injustice. And yet, even with those tremendous feelings of the scene, Joseph was focusing on the unseen. And, and, and it would have been very, what a challenge for Joseph as well, when there was the hope, can I say hope deferred? Because he had that hope there with drawing out the interpretation of the dreams with the baker and butler. And so after that 12 months or so in prison, time was going to be where he was going to be released. In a moment, he was going to hear the jangle of the, the keys or the footsteps down the steps as they get to his gate uh, of the jail where he was staying. But no sound was there. No sound, just the sound of maybe the battles in his mind. And yet the conflicting reports there of what he's seen in the, the visible, but yet he knew, okay, what about the invisible? What about the unseen? God gave me a promise. It was a few years back, and I maybe delivered that incorrectly uh, in wearing the cloak before the brothers, and they didn't receive that too well, as, as you and I know. That's, not, that's for another message. But the promise still remained faithful and true. It hasn't come to pass, but it will. So he was in touch with the unseen. I'm sure there's promises of old. They have not yet come to pass. They are the unseen, but they're very real. Hold on to them. Allow your faith. Allow this window of what we're in at the moment to stir up. It wasn't easy for others. Can I just remind you? That's why they're in the word of God. What about Gideon? Gideon, uh, he went alone. All he had to protect was a barley field, and it, it went down from 1,000 or 120,000 to 300 men. Needed faith, but faith was stirred up. What about David when he, his family left him? All the issues there. Daniel looking into the eyes of lions. Faith for Esther, walking into the presence of the king, knowing that it could cost her her life. But she knew it was for the cause. She had a cause and it's for the people, the Jewish people. Jacob, oh, how he felt losing Rachel on the side of the road heading toward Bethlehem. What about Elijah? The faith that would have stirred up. It's quite intimidating when you're one person and you're standing against 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, accusing and all having different opinions to one, that could be quite intimidating. But in the visible, in the scene, that is intimidating. But he was in touch with the unseen. He was in touch, like the, Elisha's servant. Remember when the veil was taken away, what did he see? Chariots of angels surrounding them. You have angels and the hosts of heaven surrounding you. Remain in touch, I want to encourage you, with the unseen, because it is very, very real. Whatever you may be going through, my friend, remember this. Don't try and get out of your world. Just get God in it. Get God in 
your world. The greatest element given to the church, that's you and I, is faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1, tomorrow, tomorrow, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your Bible doesn't say that, does it? Oh, next month, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Or, or maybe when you were doing well a year or two, five years ago, when you were younger. Oh, that's when faith was the substance. No, no, no. The Bible is very clear. Now, it is your today. So not tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what happened yesterday. It's the past. Let it go. Just move on. Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. So what does it say? It is your today. Faith is sufficient for your today. Faith has the ability to create a future, but it's based on the now. That's what the Bible says. So if you are believing God for something and you can't see it, that's faith. Let it stir up. Let it stir up within you. Remember, it's the evidence of things. That's what we're talking about. Unseen. The unseen. Faith is believing for something that has not happened yet. Charles Finney, uh, he was a revivalist in the States. He said, faith is an unqualified surrender to the will of God. So the unseen or that you and I are part of is, in fact, even much more powerful than what you see. Uh, faith is like the wind, isn't it? You don't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. Now, there are challenges to faith. Uh, forgive me if this is sounding a bit like a Bible study. I just want to bring you some nuggets of truth to remind you of what you're a part of. Because it's easy to lose sight of the unseen when we've got the screams and the cries of the visible, often in a, in a negative connotation, screaming at us all the time. And often, though, they can be contrary to God's word. It doesn't mean those things aren't real, but I think we need to focus on something that's higher than our reality, and that is the truth, the truth of God's word. That's what we need to focus on. Isaiah 54, that's why I'm encouraging you, stay with me. Isaiah 54 verse 17, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. So it comes from him. Isn't that great? What a scripture. Weapons will be formed. The Bible does say that. Okay, so things will be formed with the aim, with the purpose of coming against us. Okay? But fortunately, it doesn't stop there, does it? They won't prosper. They will not prosper. So weapons have been formed. Weapons have been formed against me. Gosh, I've got a line of people or things that went on in the past or whatever where I've not been flavor of the month or things have come against me or whatever. You know, these things happen. But even though weapons can be formed, they do not need to prosper. So the difference, though, is how you and I respond. Now, my focus is the seen and the unseen. Often our primary focus is what we see, 
I mean, look, our God is unseen. John 4, 24. Can I remind you? For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our enemy is unseen. Sometimes we can forget that, can't we? But Ephesians 6 and verse 12, the NLT, I like this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the, what's it say, unseen world. And it's against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We can, I mean, there's many stories. I'm, I'm conscious of the time, but there was a, an account. I went in to visit a, uh, this person I knew, or it was a, a kind of a pastoral visit, but uh, a, a little while ago. And as I went into the house, the scene was he had the kettle on um, and I sat down. There were other people's a shared house. There's other people around. And uh, I started to ask how he's doing. I think even we were talking, he was a Pompey supporter. So we were talking a little bit about Portsmouth and just the scene, the visible, you know, small talk. That was the visible. The interesting thing is the, the, the unseen was there was a very dark presence in that place. I remember walking in. And um, just being instantly conscious that there's something not good in this place. And, and I, I became aware that I just knew that in this house, in another room, there was some type of occultic activity taking place. Um, I didn't go in to deal with this. I wasn't asked to pray or deal with that at that time. I was, just came to visit someone um, to see how he's doing. So the visible was I was sitting there, or I was having maybe a cup of tea and you know, those things were happening, but I was aware of the unseen. In fact, a person walked by, I remember, and he had a candle, <laughs> and uh, he walked from one room to the next, didn't say anything. So I looked at my friend, and I said, uh, is there a cultic activity going on right this moment now? He said, how do you know? I said, um, I said well, I, I don't know, no, I just, I just sense something's not right in this house. And he said that they were conjuring up some, some black magic and things that are going on at, right at that moment in another room by, by some other people. Um, and so I, I responded and, and, and prayed and dealt with a few you know, things that went on. But my, my, the point of sharing that with you is even though we are in the visible and having a cup of tea, we must not lose sight of what we're a part of is the unseen. Many people that talk to me or you, you never know what's going on behind the smile. You never know. Everyone's got a story. We don't need to jump in at just seeing the, the, what's on the surface. As many people in the past and even going back years, who they may be sharing things with me and I often think, Lord, what, what's behind it? Just what, what's going on? What, what's behind why they're sharing those things? You know, all that. It's because it's really important you and I tap into and remain part of the unseen. Imagine if the, the veil, as I mentioned earlier, was taken away. Two kings, it says here, chapter 6, 17. And Elisha prayed and, and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man uh, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around the prophet Elisha. So faith comes by hearing, not heard, by the way, hearing. So that means your faith will grow by, by feeding on God's word daily. It's a manifestation of your faith, though, can I say, is words. So stay with me. A manifestation of your faith by what you believe will come out with your words. 
Proverbs 18 and verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Every word, can I remind you, every word that you speak has power. Has power. It has power to build up or destroy hopes and dreams. It can be used to restore um, or cause loss. To heal or break the spirit. To bring delight and joy or despair. To bless or to curse. Can I encourage you, use words to build people up and encourage them. When was the last time, and don't worry, Pastor Daniel doesn't know I'm, I'm, what I'm sharing. I mean, he trusts me what I'm going to be talking about, but he doesn't know my message. So I, I just want to be bold enough and, and declare, use words to encourage Pastor Daniel and Pastor Laura. Bless them. Bless the Lord. How, how would you worship the Lord? By honouring the shepherds. Bless those in leadership. Can I encourage you? Be an encourager. It's easy to moan or, or, or criticise. And, and, you know, but how about building people up? I'm sure you do. But I just want to, I can be in a position to do this. But build people up and encourage those who God has placed to be spiritually over you. Honour the shepherds. Bless them. Can I be bold enough as well? I just want to remind you, Christmas is on the way. Why don't you bless the shepherds? Why don't you bless the pastors and the family? You have no idea what they go through. And it's, it, it's crazy sometimes what they, what they have to go through because of their position in Christ and their role. But I want to encourage you, would you bless? Would you build up? Would you encourage? When was the last time maybe you sent a text message to Pastor Daniel or one of the pastors and leaders or sent an email? So encourage. Build up. Let, let words of, of blessing come out from your spirit. Bless your pastors this Christmas. I want to encourage you. Pray for them. Um, can I also remind you, 12 spies, they went to Canaan. They went to Canaan. Who were they? Can you quote, can you share with me all 12, the names? Because their names are in there. Numbers 13 talks about, gives the list. Why is it you and I, we only seem to remember the two that spoke life, that spoke health, that spoke advancement, that the land of Canaan is ready for the taking, that let's jump and use this opportunity to go for it. Let's take this ground that's waiting for us. Caleb, Joshua were the two that voiced that and said, come on, let's go for it. Faith was rising up. It's ready. The other 10, do you remember Shemua? Do you remember Igol? Do you know those names? Not many people do. Well, why not? See, they were part of the, well, 10 others. There was two names there. They shared a negative report. Do you remember them? Are their names always at the tip of your tongue? No. But you remember those who had faith in their words. You remember those who spoke and built up of Caleb and Joshua, that the ground, Canaan, was ready to be advanced and we can take that ground. You remember them. So we remember people who 
who speak life and health. There is power in your words. But the complainers, the moaners, are they remembered? They're not, are they? Your words can release faith within you. The world lines their, world, their words up by what they see, and often that could be negative circumstances. Now, let me just clarify. You're not denying your circumstances, okay? You're not denying that, but you're lining your words up by spiritual realities. That's what you're doing. So what is more powerful? I mean, for Moses, picture Moses just for a moment. Use that as an example. The clouds of dust that were behind him from the, the chariots of, from Egypt that were racing toward him. You had the impassable Red Sea. And now if there was an example um, where circumstances were screaming at Moses, all is lost, that was the visible. Often the visible can scream all is lost. But the invisible, the unseen, because of what he was a part of, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, was screaming, this is room for an opportunity. This is an opportunity for faith to rise up. He sought the Lord. We know what happened. Daniel, with the prophet Daniel, um, Joe and I, we, we've had the privilege of being on, in a, a, on a safari in, in Zambia. But uh, there was one time I was in South Africa. I think I was only about two meters from a lion. Um, and it's very different to TV when you're very close to a wild, huge lion. They are quite intimidating. In fact, their roar kind of goes through you. The, the, the noise, the, the, the roar of a lion is very powerful, very intimidating. You know, you don't want to meet them on a dark night. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, but so when we read the story, the account of Daniel, this was very real when he was thrown into the den of lions. That was not looking good in the visible. We know the story, so I know we're familiar with the account, but that's where the unseen kicked in. And an angel of the Lord shut the mouths of the lion, the Bible says. Uh, very, very powerful. But you've got a clash of the seen and the unseen. And that's, it's no different to your world. But which one are you focusing on? Which one is your perspective always on? The, 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 they're both real, but is it the visible or the invisible? Maybe it's time to put to death as well as some things in your life. I'm reminded of another lion. In, um, uh, the Bible talks about this in 1 Chronicles chapter 27. One of David's mighty men, Beniah. He was known as one of David's mighty men. He was out on a purpose. He had a plan. But yet behind him, he, he had a lion following him. The Bible talks about it. it was a snowy day. And in that snowy day, the lion fell into a pit. Well, Beniah thought, phew. He could walk on knowing that the lion fell into a pit, but never quite sure would the lion survive? Would it claw its way out of the pit? But he knew what he had to do. For Beniah, he wanted to put to death those things that were following him. So even though he had a purpose and a plan as he's moving forward, behind him was this lion. So what he do on a snowy, slippery day, he jumped into the pit and he put and he destroyed the lion. He would have come out of that pretty in a mess, but he survived and he would have known that those things that were followed him, he had to put to death. 
that would free him up to get on to fulfill the things that God had planned for him. Are there things following you? Are there things tapping on your heels or holding on to your heels, even going back years, that you, that you feel they've just been following you, following? Listen, it's time to put them to death. How do you do that? Get into God's word that will stir up the faith and your faith will then throw you into the perspective of focusing on the unseen, where then the things that are visible, they don't have such a grip because you become aware of well, who you really are in Christ. It doesn't deny these things, but it focuses your perspective, not on the realities of your world, but the truth of God's world that you and I belong to. So maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe bitterness or unforgiveness. Those things, it's time to put them to death. Time to believe and speak life. Speak a culture of vision into people's lives around you. Have them develop vision in their hearts today. You are prophesying into your future by the choices that you're making today. So let me bring this to a a conclusion, okay? This morning, I wanted to tap into and remind you of what you're a part of, that what you see in the scene, the visible, it doesn't stop there. We are part of something bigger, greater, the unseen. Very real. And that's got an eternal value. Your faith recognizes spiritual realities. So don't just focus on uh, the reality of the scene, but value the truth of the unseen. Faith comes by hearing and keeping in God's word. So can I just say, don't be swayed by feelings. Often your feelings are deceiving. They're up and down, can't they? Up and down like a yo-yo. And don't be dictated by circumstances. It's not just an easy thing to say. I know how powerful circumstances and situations can be. But have that hope within us because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Be aware of the power of your words. I'm summarizing. But be aware of the power of your words. And value the unseen. Value the unseen. Because what you value, you'll give time for. I pray that this has been a reminder and a blessing. We're part of something much bigger than ourselves. God is with you. He's got great plans for you. Doesn't matter what the has gone on in the past. He has a plan and a purpose and a future for you. So those things that are going on in your world, remember you're part of something much bigger. It may be unseen, but it's just as real. Value those things that are unseen. May the Lord bless you. God bless.